G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, this Saturday it will be another Australia Day and every year the controversy continues to increase. January 26th is the day that most Australians celebrate our National Day on the anniversary of the arrival of the First Fleet in 1788. But First Peoples see things differently. There are many dark patches in our Australian history since then, and for many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, the 26th of January is a day of mourning, or as some see it, Invasion Day. Let's get some Christian insight into the 26th of January. Brooke Prentice is the Aboriginal spokesperson for Common Grace, a growing movement of over 40,000 Australian Christians. And Brooke is joining us. Hello, Brooke. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Thanks for having me. Brooke, importantly, in a conversation like this, very, very controversial, but you've been calling on Aboriginal groups and churches to be taking time in the lead-up to Australia Day this year to actually spend time praying about the weekend. What are your thoughts for what Christian churches perhaps have been doing and and what they ought to be thinking in the lead-up to Australia Day? Yes, well, basically eight years ago, a group of non-Aboriginal Christians um, had been moved by Auntie Jean Phillips, one of our most senior Aboriginal Christian leaders across Australia and across all the denominations. Um, Auntie Jean has educated non-Aboriginal Christians for decades, and they'd been moved by the injustices facing Aboriginal people, and they went to Auntie Jean and said, Auntie Jean, what do we do about January 26th? And Auntie Jean said, well, let's pray. And so from that small gathering of about uh, five uh, Christians, uh, we're now, Auntie Jean has called the nation to prayer, and we now have uh, 17 services right across Australia in every state and territory. And basically behind these services is the need to gather together. It's the cross that jumps uh, race and class and privilege. It's the cross that brings us together across uh, congregation and denominational lines. Uh, And there's a lot of division in Australia. And so I guess what we're trying to do through uh, Auntie Jean's call and my leading these prayer services um, with other Aboriginal Christian leaders is uh, to close some of those divides and divisions that exist, um, to come together, uh, gathering together, praying together, singing together, and learning together. Uh, there's a huge part of this that's actually about listening and learning to one another. And uh, I think we need a lot more of that uh, in Australia, but also within the church um, to bring Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal Christians together. If we're looking back across some of the dark history, Brooke, we could see that there are some dark patches there, certainly even including the Christian church. But there are a lot of Christian churches over the past 240 years that have been protectors and indeed promoters of 
the equality and uh, the issues of uh, the essential nature of who we are before God. And, and churches have done a wonderful thing in that. There's a sense in which you're calling on churches to use this opportunity on Australia Day to reach out to first Australians. Is that happening enough, do you think? I think these services are a great place to start, uh, but we need to go further. So, you know, a big part of these services, and even if we think about the NAIDOC week theme this year, it's Voice Treaty Truth. Uh, and so we tell the truth. Uh, you know, it's been very powerful to stand up uh, with uh, some of my Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Christian leaders across Australia as we look at some of the statistics that face Aboriginal peoples. We're talking about Aboriginal deaths in custody. Um, I had wanted to update our health statistics, but there had actually been no improvement um, since the previous year. Well, actually, there was one statistic that improved. We're now only three times more likely to be blind than non-Aboriginal peoples, uh, and that's down from six times. But three times is still a long way to go. And when we think about the beginning of this year, we're, what, three weeks into 2019, we've already had five Aboriginal children take their lives to suicide. And so when a child, um, regardless of their cultural background, feels like in these lands that we now call Australia that there's no hope, then I think it's something that we need to think about as Christians. And so uh, it's been very moving for non-Aboriginal Christians to see us there because these statistics are real people's lives. For us, it's our aunties and uncles, our nans and grandfathers, our brothers and sisters, our nieces and nephews. Uh, and that's the world that Aboriginal people, Christian and non-Christian, walk through every day. And so to have people gather with us uh, in solidarity, in friendship, and most importantly, in love. Uh, that's really what I think our, our nation needs. And, uh, you know, people are answering the call, and um, we would love more people to answer that call, uh, led by Aboriginal Christian leaders as well. Brooke, very easy to put your head in the sand and hope someone else is looking after this challenge. Uh, but there is a sense, isn't there, in which the government can legislate, but legislation isn't going to be everything. Where the rubber hits the road, it's people and relationships that are going to matter, and the church has a special role to play. What are your thoughts for the church and the role that the church has in the ongoing reconciliation process or moving forward together rather than being separated by controversy over January 26th? Yeah, so it comes with uh, learning and listening uh, and allowing the space uh, for equality uh, for Aboriginal Christian leaders to take their place in the church as well. And, uh, you know, we've made great inroads within society but still have a long way to go. And I think church, uh, the Australian church is an important part of Australian society and it's a place that should be full of love because uh, Jesus calls us to love all peoples. And so if the church can get this right and model this right, I think we have a message for all of Australia and uh, we will see how the Spirit can move uh, across these lands uh, as, uh, you know, where, uh, yeah, that we, um, yeah, just come together and uh, focus on Jesus and love one another. 
Some significant things about Australia Day, Brooke. Of course, uh, the first fleet arrived and uh, so many will celebrate that on Australia Day. Uh, Of course, it is uh, in the eyes of so many First Nations people, Invasion Day. But, of course, there's another dimension here that doesn't often get talked about, and that is, I suspect uh, people don't talk too much about the fact that this was the day that Christianity arrived on Australian shores too, and there is a certain sense in which that Christianity has shaped us to be who we are. What are your thoughts for this further dimension of the idea that January 26th was a day that Christianity arrived on the shores of Australia? Well, I probably have quite a different perspective. Uh, um, uh, there hasn't been, and I think this is one of the areas the church needs to embrace Aboriginal peoples, and that's in the space of theology. And so uh, when you look at some of the Aboriginal languages before the First Fleet arrived, uh, those languages had a name for the Christ, for Jesus. And so... Uh, there's a lot more work that needs to be done around that. And when you look at the Trinity, so we have a knowledge as Aboriginal peoples, we have a knowledge of the Creator in these lands, uh, thousands of years' knowledge of the Creator. And that's a gift that we have to give to Australia and a gift that we have to give to Christians. And so I can't separate Creator, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. And when you look at many of our Aboriginal cultures, we don't separate them either. And so it's one of the things that we actually have to wrestle with as a nation and the church needs to embrace Aboriginal theologians uh, in this space. And we're only really just starting to do that in 2019. Uh, I'm part of a, um, an organization called NATES, an Indigenous learning community that's a global um, movement where we're having Indigenous Christians at the Masters and PhD levels in theology. Uh, we're getting our Masters and PhDs because the church has not um, promoted that pathway for us. And so we've taken it upon ourselves to establish that. Uh, we have a, a, a relationship with Whitley College and the University of Divinity. Uh, and so we're doing that at the university level now, but that's only just been in the last two years. And so uh, I think there's a lot of assumptions that Christians can have, but by coming and sitting down and yarning with us and learning from Indigenous theologians, we can help you have um, an even deeper knowledge of the Creator, Holy Spirit and Jesus in these lands that we now call Australia. You raise a very important and powerful point in that much of the Dreamtime understanding, and we're talking then, of course, pre-1788, the idea that so much of that Dreamtime understanding has similarities to our idea of a a creation account that we might read from the Bible. Is that that what you're referring to in the way that that, uh, many Christians have a lot to learn from Indigenous Australians? Absolutely. Genesis 1 is the greatest Aboriginal dreaming story ever told. And so when people come into relationship with Aboriginal peoples and you sit down and learn our culture and uh, we share stories from the dreaming, uh, you can see those stories in the Bible. And uh, 
uh, there's amazing sharing that needs to happen. And, uh, you know, I think of the Wurundjeri peoples in the Melbourne area, because we have 300 nations of peoples. And the Wurundjeri peoples' creator is Bunjil the Eagle. And when you read Genesis 1 uh, from the Message Version, uh, it says, uh, God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. And so when I read that passage, I think of the creator um, uh, spirit, uh, Bunjil from Wurundjeri country. And, you know, um, uh, it's the same creator. Whilst there are different names, you have to remember we had 300 nations of people, each, each with their own language and culture. Uh, and so uh, we need to learn more about that together. And I think, you know, another powerful thing is to realize that uh, I have done a lot of talking about the history of Jan 26 and obviously um, the Jan 26 that we're talking about starts at 1788. In that one act where Arthur Philip um, raised the, the flag of Great Britain at Sydney Cove, uh, that one act um, 200 plus years ago uh, isn't just what Australia is. If Aboriginal people are truly included in um, what we call Australia, we go back 65,000 years um, or 6,000 years depending on people's theology and I do respect both those spaces. And so uh, when we think about if you need a term of Australia Day, does it really start at 1788 or how do we go back to those 65,000 years? And so to have a national day that's on the 26th of January, is that denying that 65,000 years? Um, that's some of the questions that I ask. And so um, for a lot of Aboriginal people, that 26th of January, 1788, reminds us of breaking of the Creator's laws. We cared for all of creation. We were custodian stewards, and that's a role that we still play today. And as Christians, we need to think about what is our role as stewards and custodians of creation. And that's one of the things that Aboriginal peoples can teach Australia, and especially Christians, because we should have a mutual understanding in what it means to care for God's creation. Brooke, you raise important points. And if we talk about how we move forward together as Australians and what role that Christians might play in that, I know that the idea of a day of mourning is not something that's new, dates back to 1938 and uh, right. and and yeah, the and uh, William was, Cooper, yeah. and of course he yeah, was he was calling for full citizenship rights then for Aboriginal people. Uh, now that those full citizenship rights are there, uh, what is the aspiration now going forward, and where we might all be looking to play our part as Christians? Yeah, so I think an important thing to remember about that day of mourning in 1938 is it took another 29 years for full citizenship to be granted and that was granted by non-Aboriginal people to Aboriginal peoples and so you know we're talking about fully in 1967 um, citizenship was gained in 1963 but then the the referendum that meant we were counted in the population statistics of the census was 1967 but 29 years waiting to be recognised as, as human beings, as equal citizens. Um, that's in my mother's lifetime. And so uh, we need to uh, think about that. And so we can't just pick and choose which parts of our history we want to look at. And that's why truth-telling is so important. And so um, 
you know, the 26th of January, it's a day of mourning. It is Invasion Day. It's also Survival Day. Um, Aboriginal peoples have survived, and that's a miracle from God. Uh, so we have a, a purpose still um, that's part of God's plan uh, because we are survivors. Uh, it's also Sovereignty Day. Sovereignty has never been ceded. Uh, but our nation actually needs to... Um, I've called our nation to stay awake uh, at certain times um, over the last few years uh, to grow up and to mature. And uh, when you reach maturity, you know, as an individual, you know how to hold mourning, lament, um, suffering, but then also joy and celebration and hope. And so as the Christian church, we need to participate in all of those things. And I guess Aboriginal peoples, we experience um, that uh, sense of injustice and poverty and uh, sadness, uh, but then also have those moments of joy and celebration. But as a nation, we need to learn how to do that. And it's just quite difficult to try and do that on uh, the 26th of January when it represents... Um, that moment in Australia's history at 1788. What is sure, Brooke, is that we are not yet as mature as a nation as we need to be uh, as we move forward together. And uh, some of those things, as you are reflecting, I know that listeners will really uh, understand a little more deeply now, having heard your sentiments on those. Let me point people to the Common Grace website where those who want to explore these things a little further can make contact with Brooke uh, or look at whatever resources are there. The Common Grace website is commongrace.org.au. Brooke Prentice is the Aboriginal spokesperson for Common Grace. It's a growing movement of over 40,000 Australian Christians. And Brooke, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, we've got a service in Brisbane at West End Uniting at 7pm on uh, Friday night, the 25th of January. But all the resources and the uh, events uh, around the country are on commongrace.org.au. But thank you so much for having me. And at the heart of all of this is we're just calling Australian Christians to have a change of heart to love us first uh, and learn through that love. And so uh, I just pray for all of those things and I pray for our nation. And thank you. Brooke Prentice, that's commongrace.org.au. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.